This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. This podcast is great because your enthusiasm, it's why we've all been reading you for so long. This is a great vehicle for you to actually get to in a long-form way, explore those enthusiasms, sometimes with the perspective of an additional 10 or 20 years. Thanks for doing this today, pal. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having the me. fun of this is, I just talk to guys that I want to talk to. That's what, to me, is such a blast about listening to your show. First of all, the first time I ever saw Bernie on television, I started to talk like him <laughs> as I was watching him. <laughs> Can you imagine a great Michael Jordan saying, hey, you know what? We can't beat the Pistons. Let me go join them. The essence of sports is about competition. In your face questions. How much of a dope is he? Compelling. A billion dollar industry, the biggest we've ever had in sports in this country, often comes down to a flip of the coin. This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. Here's Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica. Hello and thanks for joining us on another episode of the Mike Lupica Podcast. Today we are excited to be joined by someone who you could make a case is the greatest tennis player of all time, Martina Navratilova. Um, but she is so much more than that. She's one of the best people I've ever met uh, covering sports. She believes in standing up, speaking out, fighting back. Um, but before we get started with Martina, a word from our sponsor, Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. If you follow what I write or what I think or what I say, you know that Martina Navratilova is one of my favorite people that I have ever met in in this business. Um, She has led the most extraordinary life in and out of tennis. And I say this all the time, and I'm not saying this because she's good. We're going to talk for a little while today. You can make a taste that she is the greatest tennis player of all time. Um, She has 59, 59 major championships in singles doubles and mixed she nearly won her last major as she was uh, she won it as she was approaching her 50th birthday and and so nothing against serena or any of the what the guys are doing but but when you add it all up that's what i think good morning martina good morning just call me gordy howe of tennis (laughs) well you know, it's but every time I, I, I look at the numbers and 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 see not only what you did but how long you did it, it it's it's Martina, it's really not hard and you know how much I love this sport. You know it's not hard to make that case. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean it's you know, people are so gung ho on the uh, on the majors now, uh, because that's the biggest measuring stick nowadays. But as you know, back in the seventies and eighties we were not uh, that worried about that. It was more about who was number one and, and how you perform for the year. It's not so much uh, how many tournaments you won or how many years, years you were number one, but it's all about the majors. In, in my time, it was more, more about uh, how, you, how, how consistent you were and how you performed on the tour, as well as, of course, the majors. I mean, at any time point, if you would ask me how many majors had you won so far, I would not know to tell you that. Because we were just playing, and uh, not counting that, it was about uh, it was about uh, the supporting the tour, and and really the biggest thing was uh, being number one at the end of the year, and maybe Wimbledon and the U.S. Open were the two big tournaments. 
didn't even play the French Open or the Australian Open because it wasn't that big a deal back then. So this is different measuring these days. But uh, the longevity is improving. As you see, uh, you see Serena Williams and Venus Williams and, and Roger Federer, of course, and Nadal playing well, and uh, particularly Roger. I mean, he's 37 now, 38, I think. Uh, the longevity will be will be getting greater and greater as the science has improved of taking care of the bodies, uh, how they train, how much they train, uh, what they eat. Most of all, uh, getting take care, taking care of the body during before before working out, after working out, all of that. It all adds up to longevity, and uh, so you you see that more and more. But I was a bit of a pioneer in that front. We're going to talk about politics today because we follow each other on Twitter. And I know you're as horrified as I am about what's going on in this country uh, at at this time. But I didn't know. I didn't know that you had now branched off into a forget about major championships. You're clearly now chasing an an Emmy Award for (laughs) playing for playing an equestrian. My daughter's an equestrian lover of Gwyneth Paltrow in a show called The Politician. How did that come about? Oh, they called me. They said, would you be interested in being on this show? Uh, uh, And I didn't know anything about it, needless to say, because uh, they were just uh, getting started. And uh, I said, yeah, sounds like fun. I can do that. You know, I can fly to L.A. and and kiss Gwyneth. (laughs) I'm okay with that. My my wife, Julia, wasn't too thrilled about it. But... But, uh, you know, that that came later, actually. I, I, they just called me for the one show. And then uh, when I did, I held my own, uh, they, they they expanded the role. So we'll see what happens for season two. But uh, there may be uh, there may be more. But it was it was a lot of fun. What a what a uh, production it is to put these shows together. I was really impressed with how many people were there doing their part of the job. It's just so much organization. These people could run the government, you know, and do a much better job <laughs> than what's going on. Well, especially with, with what's going on right now, it wouldn't take much, right? Um, being American was um, an honorable choice for you. you. You grew up in Czechoslovakia with tanks in the street. And as whatever dreams you had about being a tennis champion – there was a dream about becoming a citizen of this country, which which you did. And I, I think it's fair to say that when you took your own oath, Martina, and I'm this this serious as hell because these are serious as hell times. OK, you couldn't have imagined a, a point in our democracy like this. I've been talking to friends about this the last week. It's it's the lowest point for me. Forget about Watergate for me in my adult life lifetime and i just want to know what your thoughts about the country you thought you were joining and the one you see now well i did i mean i did join that country uh but uh it's just the last uh three years that has been a disaster although i think it all started with newt gingrich uh back in the 90s uh when he basically started blocking everything uh anything and everything uh democratic and it became much more contentious between the Republicans and Democrats. When I first came to this country, I thought, oh, I'm more of a Republican, you know, more for individual rights and all this. The Democrats seem too socialist to me. And now it's just made a complete turnaround because the, the Republicans are the socialists, actually, for the big corporations. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 the, and the Democrats are more for individual rights uh, and, uh, and, and protections. So it's really come, kind of turned around uh, in a in an odd way, 
but uh yeah it's been uh, it's been rough the last couple of years uh I'm growing up in a communist country in a totalitarian regime obviously i know i know what what it looks like and this has definitely what it what has been feeling like it here i i could smell it i could see it the propaganda the 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 twisting of the truth um is just uh beyond beyond the pale and uh, you know we're not a communist regime obviously but we are becoming a totalitarian regime in that uh there is no accountability at the top they can pretty much do whatever they want the law is whatever they say they want the laws only apply to us but not to them uh follow the laws whenever it's convenient and uh when it's not convenient uh then they just disregard him just like Rudy Giuliani saying he's not going to uh, re- respond to the subpoena by Congress. Now, when he was a prosecutor, he would have had a fit if somebody refused a subpoena, because you have to follow the law. He's a lawyer, right? You need to follow the law. And now he's flaunting it. They're all flaunting uh, our our laws. They're flaunting the separation of of the judicial and the executive and the, uh, and the uh, Congress. I mean, it's just... Um, it's scary. It really is scary. And hopefully we've turned the tide now. I think it's looking much better for for uh, the Republicans to actually grow a spine and start uh, start putting country uh, before the party, but uh, not quite yet. You know, I'll tell you something. As a New Yorker, uh, um, uh, Giuliani is one of the most overpraised uh, figures in American history. Um, mm-hmm. d- did he do his job after 9-11? Yes. Like um, like millions of other people in our city. OK, he yeah. was wildly overpraised from doing what any mayor of New York would have done in, a- in those circumstances. Of course. And. And what I've always said, Martina, is people forget the disaster he was on September 10th and 9th and 8th mm. and in the mm. run up to that as 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 a mayor, as a husband, everything else. And then yeah. then when he thought he, he had this cockeyed notion that he was going to be president of the United States, he spent about 50 million dollars to win one delegate. He won a single delegate. And then. <laughs> He had this other cockeyed notion that he was going to be Secretary of State. And now in his mind, he is. And, and Martina, I've been saying this uh, uh, for, for weeks on, 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 on Twitter and on television. He's not going to be happy until nobody remembers he was ever the, the, the mayor of New York City at that time. I've, I've started calling him Uncle Festus from uh, the Adams family because there are great similarities to their temperaments. Mm. Well, I don't know Uncle Festus enough because I hadn't watched that show enough. (laughs) You're too young. You're obviously way. You're such a kid. Yeah. Well, I didn't grow up watching that show, uh, although I I can, you know, it's like Ward Cleaver. I I know the name, but I never saw the show. (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah, it's it's like all everything that he has done prior to 9-11 is forgotten. And as you say, who, who would not have acted honorably? Um, at, at that time, except of course Donald Trump, who was then bragging that his building is the tallest now in oh, the, God, in New York yeah. da- downtown, than yeah. then, uh, once the towers went down. I mean, it's this is uh, you know, but this kind of tells you everything you need to know about the man, and that was 20 years ago. So there you are. One of one of the things that has your hair on fire and and mine these past few days are are, are the things Mark Zuckerberg is saying about mm. uh, Elizabeth Warren and I saw somebody this morning on social media say you know if he wants Facebook to get broken up the way the old phone company does he ought to keep saying the kinds of things he's saying now about Elizabeth Warren 
Yeah, well, I, I'm surprised that he has taken it this far when he's supposed to, I mean, you, you can't do that. He's, uh, you know, he's got so much influence. And, uh, you know, I quit Facebook about eight years ago. I think once I found out they were basically tracking everything you do and they can tell you everything about you. That's when I went off Facebook uh, anyway and uh, joined Twitter. And, and, of course, we're in a different uh, situation there with also with, with our speech being uh, tracked and, um, and uh, what do you call it, uh, censored in, in different ways. But Facebook really scared me. So, uh, and now what, he, what Mark is doing is just unconscionable, truly unconscionable, because they're not cr- cr- uh, uh, controlling at all what's going on with, with the ads and the, and the fake news, etc. They're not controlling that. But now he's trying to swing the narrative uh, towards, I don't know who, but away from uh, Elizabeth Warren. So, I mean, it's just, he, he should be, not be talking politics at all. Unless he divests himself from Facebook. He just cannot. Martina Navratilova is our guest on the Mike Lupica podcast. More with her in a moment. But first, this from Kronos. Kronos knows that many organizations maintaining a modern workforce of hourly, full and part time workers. For them, it can be a challenge. This is especially true for human resources professionals working hard to attract and retain all the best talent. That's why Kronos puts HR, payroll, talent and timekeeping on a single cloud based platform. It's one specially designed to give HR professionals supporting a blended workforce a whole new level of confidence. With it, they have everything they need to tackle nearly any human resources challenge and are empowered to not just find and hire the right people, but to engage, motivate, and reward them every single step of the way. Learn more about Kronos HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them because Kronos is at heart a people business at Kronos.com slash HR swagger. Kronos workforce innovation that works. We're talking to Martina Navratilova, and, and one of the best people I know is Mary Carrillo, and she says you're one of the best people she's ever known. So that's a good enough recommendation for me <laughs> and everything I have seen from you, because you know she, you know how smart she is. Okay, Re- remind and, me to send a check to Mary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, no, but she's she's pretty consistent about that. Um, all right, so so when you look at at, at just the the facts that we have now on Ukraine, hmm. Martina. It's clear as this story rolls out that this is is something that he has been doing with everybody. And he finally got clipped by a a, a whistleblower. And I I really think that in this guy's uh, sort of skewed version of the world, he thought he was like making a real estate deal in New York City. Like he was talking to the head of the Iron Fitters Union and saying, oh, okay, yeah, you give me this, I'll give you that. And not understanding how the money that we hit withheld from that country with the menace of, of, of Russia right on the other side of the border was so profoundly important to them. Well, he knows no history. So, uh, but the thing is, even if he knew, he wouldn't care. He still would make his deal. Uh, so it almost doesn't matter that he's so ignorant of, of history and, uh, and how everything is connected and, and uh, you know, the relationship between Ukraine and, and Russia the last since since Putin went into Crimea, uh, how that's just gone sideways. Uh, he, he doesn't care anyway. He just wants what he wants, which is uh, 
a leg up on on uh, on on the next presidential election and how he gets there he doesn't care he's he was too big to fail as a realtor as a realtor real, real estate magnate whatever you want to call him i mean right. he failed in that too but so get kept getting bailed out so he figures of course he'll get bailed out as president because you know he's got the power of the presidency behind him so whether something's legal or illegal doesn't care because to him again like nixon said well if the president does it it's not illegal and uh, and he's got the, the, the his personal attorney William Barr right behind him. I mean, he, Barr to me is even worse than Roy Cohn, and that's that, I thought that was impossible. You know, and and now, I, you know, you, I check his Twitter page from time to time, and there's that big red map. Try to impeach this, and as Lawrence O'Donnell and others have pointed out over the past yeah. few days, Richard Nixon, Nixon won 49 states. states. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. so that's that's irrelevant to this conversation. But don't you get the sense that this phone call with with a guy who, by the way, was an actor in Ukraine, Zelensky? Right. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be like the government getting Al Capone on tax evasions. We know yeah. he's done worse. We know he's done worse. But this is the thing that's going to finally get him impeached. Well, it's obvious. It's clear. It's simple. And 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 it's out in the open. You don't have to subpoena anybody. You don't have to find any records. I mean, it would be nice to get those special conversations with Putin and MBS and, and Zelensky that are in that secret secret vaults now, but uh, you don't need need all of that. Uh, as Nancy Pelosi said, Trump is self-impeaching. She said that like four months ago, <laughs> and he really lived up to that this last month. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, he, it's it's pretty clear he's done much worse, but this, this what we know is plenty. It's plenty, and I just hope that some of the people in the GOP grow his spine and won't go down with the sinking ship. You know, and and here's the thing. You know, and and you are no one is being more dramatic when 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 they say if he doesn't stop trying to bring the identity of this whistleblower to to mm. in, into the light, he's going to get this person killed. And 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 if this person is in danger because of this president doing anything to save his own ass then the, the blood will be on his hands. No one else's, not the inspector general, not Fox News. Not, they're, all, they're all in a frenzy to find out who this person is. And this person, this person is a patriot and, and, and should be celebrated at, at the same time they're trying to demonize him, Martina. Well, the whole point is it's not about this person. It's about what Trump has done, has been doing, and is still doing so they say, okay, it's second-hand information or even third-hand information. Okay, let's talk to the people who had the first-hand information and let's see how wh- where that goes. Uh, it's not about the whistleblower. They, he or she is a brave person willing to put their career on the line, but I'm pretty sure they didn't think they were pulling their life on the line here, and they shouldn't be. You know, this is not a war. This is uh, following the law. And, uh, and, and what Trump is doing is so irresponsible. And as you say, if anything happens to if they figure out who this person is, you know, what are they going to do? Go into witness protection program or go to another country? I mean, there's enough zealots here. Um, yeah, we, I live in plantation right now, well, two miles from where that Caesar Zayok or whatever his name was, the guy that was sending the pipe bombs in, in the mail to, to everybody at CNN. Um, you know, he, he was doing it to protect Trump. And who knows what these zealots will do to protect Trump now if they find out who this whistleblower is. So I hope to God uh, that person can stay anonymous. But um, 
it's going to be a tricky one, that's for sure. And 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 look, just look at what happened to Christine Blasey Ford, Martina. Look, yeah. look at look at how her life has been altered forever because she stepped forward and told her truth. Oh, absolutely, and we are thankful to her, although it didn't pay off. But I think Kavanaugh will look at his comeuppance also because he clearly lied, uh, and he is exactly what she said he was. Um, but um, but yes, it takes a brave person to stand up to these lunatics uh, and 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 speak the truth. Speaking truth of power is the hardest thing to do. And uh, if I ever meet Christine Blasey Ford, I would give her a big kiss because and a big hug because she deserves it. She was yeah. amazing. You know, it's and it, it's it's so interesting now, and I understand that the Clintons will will always be hot wire people in 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 our culture. Okay, it it's been going on for twenty years. It will be going on as long as they're on this earth. But when you look back now. Just about everything candidate Hillary Clinton said about Donald Trump was yeah. correct. Everything. Yep. 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 We can't say we have not been warned. And, uh, you know, she said puppet. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she said he will, uh, you know, you know he'll, the investigation. I mean, it's actually funny because what she said about him is true. And what he was saying about her was all projection. Investigations, uh, doing illegal things. And yet here we are still talking about the emails. So go figure. <laughs> yeah, we're still talking about and 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 and, and you, you know that Hunter Biden is Hillary's emails 2.0, even though they just go out every single day with the armies of the right backing them with the Carlson's and Ingram's and, and Hannity's and, and Giuliani's backing them. OK, and, and they tell a story that's completely false about what Joe Biden was actually doing in, in Ukraine. Yep. And by the way, people can make up their own minds about whether they think Joe Biden should be president. That's a separate issue. But Absolutely. this guy is right to uh, object to the uh, the idea that Giuliani can go on television day after day and, and night after night, Martina, and lie his ass off. Yeah, well, apparently it's acceptable these days, but shame on, on, on the people at Fox when they know I mean, Giuliani, I think he's just off to the deep end. He's, he's not right in the head. Uh, but, but the people at Fox News, they're not stupid. Yet they keep repeating what they know are lies. And that's, that's what I don't understand. What have they got to gain other than, I guess, keeping their job and making their millions? You know, it's all about that. But it's, it's really shameful that, that, that people like Janine Spiro and, uh, I don't know, Laura Ingram, I don't even want to know their name. I try, I try to watch this stuff, and I cannot. You can't. Because I know what the facts are. And, you know, these are people that don't let facts get in the way of their story and shame on them. You know, I, I, I speak to a lot of, of schools um, because I have this other life writing books for young readers. So I, I've literally sp spoken at hundreds of schools over the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I, I do speech. I, I did gave a speech on Long Island the other night. And at some point, depending on how many young people there are in the audience, Martina, I tell them this. And this is something that comes from our old friend Dick Schapp. And, 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 and it's a variation of what he told me once. He said, there's only two teams in the world. There's the team filled with people who want to make the world smarter. And then there's the mm. team that want to make it dumber. And I've expanded mm. it. And I want, I want that, that team to be described as making it smarter, better, and kinder. And the other one just wants to make it dumber and meaner. And it is yeah. not too much of a stretch to say that over the last half century, 
No figure on the planet has done more to make the world dumber and meaner than Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, I knew you were going there, and I saw this coming a long, long time ago. And, uh, yeah, he he has single-handedly done that, and he's laughing all the way to the bank, I suppose. But uh, I, I just hope that if, if Rupert would would say the word, Fox News would swap. If he finally decides, okay, we've had enough Trump, we need to get somebody else in there, they would they would switch on a, on a dime, right? So when what is where is the tipping point for Rupert Murdoch? Because literally he's got a madman who's got that nuclear football in his pocket. So oh, and who would start a war in a heartbeat if he who thought would, it would save his, his ass. ass? Yes, save his ass exactly. We're using the same words. I mean, it's it's really terrifying that that would be okay with him. So where, when when is Rupert going to say, you know what, this is getting dangerous? Because as much as I did not like Ronald Reagan, as much as I did not like George W. Bush, I never worried about an existential threat to our world or to our country, or I never in a million years would have worried that they would start, they would push that button because they were pissed off, you know, or because they were trying to save their skin. Nixon never would have occurred to him to do that. With this guy, we don't know. So when is Rupert Murdoch going to say, you know what? Uh, I think we need to pull the pull the plug here. So I don't know. And but I, I agree keep, with you 100% about Rupert Murdoch. Yep. I, we keep, Martina, we keep hearing that Lachlan Murdoch, who is the heir to all of this, really, um, at mm-hmm. least on the news side, is resistant to the notion and, 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 and does not like what Fox News has become. But up until now, he's done He's done nothing by it. And you know what's amazing? Speaking of whistleblowers, you know who's like a whistleblower? Shep Smith at Fox News in in the afternoon. Because he constantly goes up against those nitwits at night, and he does speak truth to power. Yep. Well, he's he's a lone man, although uh, Chris Wallace did a little bit of it, but still not enough. Um, I'm not sure his father is happy with what Chris has been doing. But um, anyway. Uh, yeah, Shep, 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 uh, Shep Smith is uh, good for him. And I, I'm talking to Martina Navratilova, and anybody who knows me knows that she is one of the best and most interesting people I have ever met um, uh, covering sports. Um, again, grew up with tanks in the streets. That was her frame yep. of reference as a child in, in, yep. in Czechoslovakia. She was brave enough to defect. She became an American citizen. She is a, she's an important voice. I know that you will be out again, knocking on doors um, for, for, for the next election. But Martina, here's another horrifying thing that we haven't even talked about. The way, I, I don't even think Trump understands what he does when he throws the word treason around. And 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 that it that it is a crime in this country punishable by death. No, and he I, accuses I, I, Adam he Schiff it. of treason? Yes, he know he knows what it means because he said in the old days no one treated him differently. Well it's still as when treason is concerned, we're still in the old days because it's still the death penalty, which by the way I think should be abolished in all cases. But that's another that's another issue. But he knows what it means and he would not he would not pardon Adam Schiff if somehow, you know, his kangaroo court would uh, would go after Adam and, and, and convict him of treason. He would not pardon him. He would be, he, I call him psychopath by proxy. I call Trump psychopath <laughs> by proxy. But you know what? If something happens to this whistleblower, it's not by proxy anymore. He, he made that happen. Anything happens to Adam Schiff, he's making that happen. I 
I, I put this on Twitter today, and I, I believe it firmly. We've read this book. We've seen this movie. This is All the President's Men 2019, except the names yeah. this time are Barr and Giuliani and Papeo and Lindsey Graham and, 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 and Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Because Martina, this can't happen. Pence. <laughs> and, and Mike Pence. But Martina, the, I, I'm telling you, McConnell is is dick cheney with a southern accent and he's far more dangerous and trump could not have done the things he's done without the enabling of 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 mitch mcconnell and i i just hope and pray that amy mcgrath can beat his ass in kentucky me too and i will be donating to her campaign that's for sure I mean, Mitch McConnell, what is the Congress passed like 260 resolutions and he has not let one of them come up for a vote in the Senate. And they're complaining that, that the Democrats are do nothing. Trump is saying do nothing Democrats. No, they're passing resolutions in the Congress, but you're do nothing. Mitch McConnell is protecting your ass and you're not passing any of them. So anyway, as usual, he's got it out backwards. But uh, but yeah, Mitch McConnell, he's as, uh, he's as nasty as they get and he's smart and uh yeah, we need to get Amy Amy in there. I think she's got a shot at it. I mean, it was I had her last time. Yeah. I had her on this podcast a few weeks ago, and she is all that. She is terrific. Yeah. She's on yeah. the right side of all the important issues. All right, let's talk about the Democratic candidates uh, uh, for for a second. And okay. I will tell you freely that Elizabeth Warren has turned out to be so much better a candidate that I ever thought she was 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 being do you think and I listen nobody's voted yet so I th- th- this is all speculative but it's it's like talking about you know how you think your favorite base basketball team is going to do okay do you think she can get the nomination and do you think she can beat Trump uh, yes and yes and I agree I listened to her uh, open when she when she declared her speech and uh, and I thought she knocked it out of the park. I also liked uh, Kamala Harris's speech when she first uh, declared and, and was talking about the Trump rap sheet. I thought she was great, but she's been a disappointment uh, since then. But Elizabeth Warren is so systematic and so pragmatic and so focused, brilliant. I mean, as she says, she has a plan for this, she has a plan for that that are all workable, or most of them are workable anyway, she, you know, little by little. Um, so I absolutely think she can get the nomination. She's my uh, front runner, and uh, and I think she would kick Trump's butt. I mean, she was like a debate champion too, right? So yeah. Oh yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to be on this stage no. with with her. And and guess what? No. He will not be able to Pocahontas her into into su- submission. No. Um, I do think Biden is vulnerable for for a bunch of different uh, uh, reasons. Reason. And whether it's fair or not fair, I think all don't you think all this stuff is going to stick to him, whether it's it's a pack of lies or not. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, but I, I am yeah, Biden to me is um, he's still he just hasn't evolved. You know, he's still living in the 80s uh, with some of his views and. He doesn't get it, and I, I don't see the energy from him. Uh, enough of it. It's it's very sporadic. Whereas Warren is there 100 percent of the time. You never say, "Ooh, that you know, she didn't do so well there." She never. She's never had a bad moment. She's been either very, very consistent or fantastic, with nothing bad to say. You cannot say that about anybody else out there. So can she win? Can she win? If yeah. Wall Street mobilizes against her the way we hear these threats, that it will. Well, 
that's hard to predict. Again, Facebook, uh, you know, the the disinformation, the, the the all the billionaires, they may hate Trump, but they like the money that they're making under him. So that's that's a hard one to predict. But I still believe in the power of the people over the power of the uh, wealthy. And and again, she has a belief system. I listen. I know she's going to have to explain how she's going to have pay for her health care plan. Okay, and she's she. That's the what to me. It's way that she's way more vulnerable on that than she is on Pocahontas. But oh my God, she has stuck to her beliefs. She's stuck to her beliefs in a way that Bernie Sanders has. But I I just feel again that that all he can do is muck this up the way he did in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I just see uh, Sanders more one-dimensional, whereas Warren is much more multifaceted and, multi- and better, better at multitasking. I think she connects the dots better. If we do this, then this will also happen over here, uh, whereas to me, Sanders is too much uh, just in a tunnel vision, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, think, I think Elizabeth Warren can pull it out. I really do. Will you be knocking on doors again in 2020? You better believe it. I'm <laughs> knocking on doors before. I'll be doing it again. I marched on. Uh, Amy Siskin put together this fabulous march on, in Washington uh, last the weekend before last. We the people. I was there uh, in the heat, and uh, I think there'll be more, more and more marches, and uh, and I think there'll be more. The, the the Democratic base will be much more switched on than it was for Hillary. And uh, there'll be more people knocking on those doors, more people getting involved that have never been involved, which is the voters that Trump got in 2016, people that never voted before. I think we'll get a lot of those uh, for, for the Democrats because people are waking up to the fact that that their vote actually does matter. And I think there'll be a lot more mobilizing as long as, again, talking about uh, voting, but will the votes be counted? You know, I mean, will they hack into the machines and just surgically uh, divide uh, the vote and, uh, and and cheat their way. I, I still think 2016 was a cheat. You know, I I think they knew exactly what they were do- what they were doing. And I I worry about the voting machines, which uh, again I think are made by Demo- uh, by Republican donors <laughs> and controlled by Republican donors. So we'll see. I'm hopeful, but I'll just be knocking and I'll be uh, trying to get people to register and uh, I'll be as vocal as I can be with with uh, with my voice. And and you know what? Whoever the Democrat is, he or she is going to have to kick his ass because if it's close, he, they will drag him kicking and screaming out of the White House. I've, yeah. I've said this from yeah. the start and he'll contest the election and he won't leave. And he will he will again. He will paralyze this country if he thinks there's a one percent chance of saving himself. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's not joking when he says, oh, you know, what about uh, I should be president for life like Xi in China? But I don't. I if I had to bet right now, I don't think he'll make it to the election next year. I really no, either don't. Do, either do I. All right, but before I let you go, I okay. I, I, I want to ask you just a couple of tennis questions because I've already made my feelings clear about where you rate with the greats of all time. All right, I've used you as a frame of reference because mm-hmm. I I went back and looked because Serena has played these two young old finals in the U.S. Open, especially the last and and in Wimbledon too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Martina, I, I, I got curious when she played the first one and I went back and looked at the age difference between you and Conchita Martinez at Wimbledon that year. OK, and then I started checking and just about every match that is a young, old, big age gap in history in tennis, the younger player always wins. And people are constantly surprised that it keeps happening to Serena. But I'm not. 
Yeah, well, with Serena, I think uh, she it's a little different in that she doesn't play that much. I played a, still a full schedule uh, in, in at the end of my career, but she plays a very, very sparse schedule, and I think that's what hurts her more than her age. It's just she doesn't have enough matches. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they always say, oh, it's amazing how this young player is handling the pressure. No, what's amazing is when the old players can handle the pressure because they know everything that can go wrong. They they have, too, you know, too many bad memories as well as good memories. And it's harder to shut out the noise and just hit the ball. And you see it, uh, you see it, you know, with the guys and you see it with, with, with Serena. But with Serena, I think it's more the case of not having played enough matches. I think if she played more, she would she would do better in these finals because she, she does not play her best tennis in the final. And that's combination of nerves and also playing a better player is it how much do, do the nerves of an athlete getting on in years not in you know not in real years but but in athlete years okay because i mm-hmm. think nerves play a huge part of it she's now played sure. four major finals over the last yep. two years the only time she really came close to winning a set was when she made that little run against andrescu at, at the open yep. Other than there, they've all been beatdowns. Yeah, yeah, she's got she she got beat badly. Uh, well, nerves play a role, and, and you know everybody chokes, but it's a level of choking that uh, that matters, and how you manage it, and and how it uh, uh, how how it shows up in your game. Some people overhit when they choke. Some people don't can't swing the ball at all. Uh, but uh, but but some people just can't move. Serena seems to lose movement uh, when she gets nervous. And uh, and it costs her. So, um, yeah, I mean, the youth youth is just more fearless, you know. And uh, when you play a fearless game like Serena does, and then you get scared, uh, it's a bad combination. And you know, you know what I keep thinking is going to happen with Nadal and Federer. I think they're going to end up tied at 20 the way you and Chris ended up tied at 18 major singles. That the tennis gods may say, you know what, we can't sort this out, so we want to end them, uh, have them end up tied. All right, can we have a conversation about who's the greatest man of all time, or is that still a, a story that is being written? It's still being written, and again, it's how do you measure that? You know, is it just on majors? Is it on... Uh, overall winning percentage is it how many tournaments uh, the season ending tournament the masters whatever it's the body of work uh, but what's most important I mean maybe we can try to do some kind of a uh, point system but again how do you compare that to a Rod Laver uh, era you know or even Pete Sampras you know he didn't go he didn't go play the French Open a couple times or whatever it's um, it's 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 a, such a subjective uh, comparison that I, l- I like to say who's the best of that time, of that era. So you could say, is it Djokovic, is it Nadal, is it Federer? Uh, but don't compare them to Sampras Agassi. Don't compare them to uh, to Rod Laver and, and uh, Roy Emerson or, or even Borg. It's just different eras. So... Um, all right, let me ask you the way I asked Mary one time, the last time I had Mary on this podcast. And I said, if you had to pick one player in their prime to play for your life, who would you pick? She picked Monica Seles and Pancho Gonzalez. So that's that's a that's a pretty wide um, historical. If you so this is better than a point system. If you had to pick someone other than yourself to play yeah. for your life, who would you pick? 
That's a very good question. Um, maybe you, maybe you could pick yourself. Wait, I'm I, thinking about it. No, no, no. no. Uh, I think um, uh, Pancho Gonzalez. I haven't seen him play enough. See, going back in time, you kind of go on history. Uh, I know Alice Marble was pretty uh, ridiculously great in her time. Um, and on the men's side, I don't know. I mean, Jimmy Connors would be a pretty good pick. Uh, I'll tell you who else would be a good pick. Bjorn Borg would be a good pick, too, at his very, very best. Uh, Ice in the veins and just did not miss. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question, though. All right. Listen, you don't have to answer it today. I want you to think about it for when we next have this conversation. Okay. Okay. And Thanks. listen, kiddo, thank you for doing this. I, I, I no you know, I love to talk politics with you. I love I, I love the way your mind works. I love your heart. And um, I know that, that just like in tennis, you will keep fighting. And good luck with your new career as a television actor. Good luck with thank, that. Thank you very much. As Galaxy Quest would say, never give up, never surrender. <laughs> The great Martina Navratilova, the Mike Lupica podcast. Uh, the fun of doing this is is the fun I have talking to people like her. There's a reason why we're on twice a week now. Please continue to download and subscribe. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora's, Apple Podcast, And uh, listen, we'll talk to you in a few days, everybody. The Mike Lupica podcast is produced and distributed by Compass Media Networks in conjunction with Hiltzik Creative. For iPhone users, go to the podcast app and search the Mike Lupica podcast. Click on the Mike Lupica podcast icon and subscribe. For non-iPhone users, you can listen on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform.